You're listening to The Horseman's Mindset, where we meet to discuss horses, mindset, and mental health as it relates to your horsemanship journey. I'm your host, Ashley Purden, and I want to help you to bridge the gap between where you are now and where you want to be with your horse. I'm going to teach you what it is that separates good horsemen from the rest and how you can grow into that role for your horse. This show consists of my personal opinions and is meant for informational purposes only. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Horseman's Mindset. I have taken a little bit of a hiatus from this podcast. I had one that I did last month and then maybe one the month before. Uh, This was a weekly podcast before that, so I'm really hoping to get back into the swing of making it weekly again. Last time, I told you guys that the reason why I had um, not been recording as many podcasts is because my mare, Sedona, had gotten uh, diagnosed with colitis and had a colic and ended up having to spend some time at MU. And I just wanted to fill you guys in that she is doing wonderfully. I am so thankful. So I know that those things can go either way in the blink of an eye. And I'm just extremely thankful that she ended up coming out of it and is back to work. And um, I'm actually taking lessons on her with Susan Tullock right now. And she is a uh, NRHA trainer and an AQHA judge. and she really knows her stuff. It's It's been nice to actually be the one to take lessons, although I do have to say it's kind of given me some more empathy for my clients because I always judged you guys a little bit. I'm going to admit this. <laughs> I usually don't judge my clients. It's like, I'll meet you right where you're at, whatever. But there was one thing that I was judging you guys on, and that was whenever we'd be working on something, And you would just like stop and talk to me about something completely random and having nothing to do with the lesson at all. And I never understood that. Like, you guys are paying me $80 an hour for your lessons and you want to spend a quarter of the time talking. Well, lo and behold, I do the same thing too when I take lessons from somebody who keeps you riding the entire hour like Susan does and like I do. And so I completely feel your pain. The reason you guys have been doing this is because you're tired and you need a break. And so I've been fully taking advantage of that. Hopefully she doesn't listen to this because I have a feeling once she catches on, she's going to be like, ah, no, get back out there. <laughs> so, but it's just been, it's been so fun to get back to lessons. My mare Sedona has improved so much since we started and the trickle down effect to all my training horses, of course, has been really great too. They're all getting just a little bit of a different approach and a cleaned up approach. It's it's amazing how when you don't have a set of eyes on the ground watching you, how sloppy your riding gets. And actually to make matters worse, I wasn't even going to talk about this today. I had a whole different plan, but to make matters worse, my mental health has been hideous for the past probably eight weeks or so where I'll have like little blinks of normalcy and then I will be rapid cycling with my bipolar. So if this is your first time tuning into this podcast, I have bipolar disorder, which plagues me from time to time and it has been kicking my butt. So 
what we've had to do is put me on a whole bunch of different medications because of the rapid cycling, because I would go from being like really happy and everything's great to like 20 minutes later, I would be like so depressed. I couldn't even move. Um, And then I was having some episodes of psychosis, which I know is kind of a scary word, but part of my mission in life is to normalize mental illness because I'm still a very normal person, even though I'm not neurotypical. I have a job. I interact with people every day. I, you know, have as much normalcy in my life as I possibly can. And so we had to put me on a new medication that caused me balance issues. That was the side effect of the medication. And so my first lesson with Susan, actually, I couldn't pick up a left lead on my horse to save my life. And now, is it super easy to get Sedona in the left lead? No. But can I do it? Yeah, I can do it. I've always been able to get her in the left lead. It's not been this much of a problem. Oh my gosh, Sedona was shaking her head, flipping it all around. It was a nightmare. And it didn't matter how I sat or what I was doing. Or how I changed, let me put it this way. It didn't matter how I changed what I was sitting or what I was doing. She was still almost completely impossible to pick up that left lead. And Susan ended up standing right behind me at one point to see kind of what my legs were doing. And it turned out that I wasn't even putting my outside leg on at all. So just to review the lope cue for everyone. You're walking around. You can do this from a walk or a try. I'm taking reining lessons from Susan, so we do it from a walk. And inside leg's going to be on just a little bit, ready to support. And outside leg's going to be on and back, kind of pushing that hip to the inside. It's more of a reining style. And the shoulders are going to kind of be on an outside track. And your horse is going to be collected while you're doing this. So, like, already Sedona and I are struggling. And you're going to sit a little bit on your outside seat bone. And when you're ready to go, you're going to inhale and kiss and lope off and maybe press a little bit more with each leg that you already have activated. Well, she looked at me and she was like, your outside leg isn't even doing anything. It's not even on. And what had happened with the medication, and I'm not trying to use the medication as a total excuse. I'm also out of shape and my balance and coordination could be better just in general, but this medicine really changed it. There were some things that I can normally do like standing on one leg or walking across uneven ground or walking up and down stairs that was becoming a real problem where I just like almost couldn't do it or I'd have to like put all of my focus on it to be able to do these things without falling down. So what had happened was my communication from my brain all the way down to my right leg had gotten so disconnected that I didn't know where my right leg was anymore. And the word that we use for knowing where our body parts are in space and time is called proprioception. And so I had lost proprioception. That means I don't know where my feet are. I don't know where my hands are. I don't know where my elbows are. I don't know where my heels are don't know where any of these things are. And supposedly this was supposed to be a uh, temporary side effect, but it was a scary one for me because as a horse trainer, I told my psychiatrist, I'm like, I'm going to fall off. Like 
there's going to be a horse that's going to spook at something very normal. I'm a horse trainer. I'm supposed to be riding horses that spook at things and that aren't perfect. And I'm going to be falling off. Like there's kind of no way around this. And he assured me, no, no, the effects are temporary. It'll be fine. So I decided that I wanted temporary to be as short of a period of time as possible. And my next appointment with him is a week from today, actually. And he wanted to go that far out before he even tested my neural reflexes to see, you know, how things were coming along. But I've been doing kinesiology taping. I have an appointment to go see my physical therapist. I've been doing all the exercises that my physical therapist showed me to do last spring that I didn't do because I was being lazy. (laughs) And now it's like, this isn't optional. This stuff is no longer optional. I need to learn how to rebalance myself, recalibrate myself, and I need to learn how to reboot my proprioception, so to speak, which we've been doing with the body work with the horses. So I've been doing yoga again. I've been doing some Pilates things. I've been doing some weird balance things. I can now do this arm balance thing in yoga that I've actually never been able to do even beforehand. The one thing that I still cannot do that I have always been able to do is a headstand. Always been able to do a headstand when I did yoga. And that one still has me, but um, I'm working on it. It's getting much better. And I've noticed a difference in my strength. Um, with the exercises that my physical therapist showed me, I'm noticing a huge change in my core strength. I mean, I'm finding core muscles that are so deep inside my core. I've never gotten to them with any other exercise before. So that's been really neat and really stabilizing. Um, the kinesio tape's been very helpful. I ended up taping my right hip and this is all anecdotal, right? So Don't go quoting me and saying that, hey, this is how you fix this. Or if you're on medication that is affecting your balance, you may not want to be doing all these things. You may just be a normal person that would say, hey, I'm not going to ride my horse for three weeks and make sure that I'm okay. But for me, I wanted to make sure that I was able to do as much as I possibly could. Um, And my doctor didn't tell me not to give it a whirl, so... Here we are. He didn't say that I couldn't ride. He knew I was still riding. So um, we knew on some level that that was an okay thing to do. But I knew that I didn't feel safe and I didn't feel secure in the saddle at all. And I actually went out during this whole process and I bought a new saddle because I felt like the one that I had was just a little bit big on me. And it was giving me this kind of floaty feeling when I was riding around in it. And I already felt like I was floating around everywhere. So that just wasn't helping me at all. So the new saddle's better. It doesn't roll around on Sedona very much. The one that I had made for her um, worked very well for a time, but then she outgrew it, you know, as horses do. So that part of it didn't, at this point, it really just wasn't a good fit for her. So if you're looking for a saddle, I have a used capo for sale. They are lovely, lovely saddles. And um, I'm hoping to get another one made in the near future, but I just snapped up one uh, um, from another place just to get something now because I needed I needed that help for my um, I needed the smaller seat size and I needed the uh, a little bit of a different width and a little bit of different bars for Sedona since she's grown so much since I bought my capo but it's a lovely saddle I love that capo I wish I could keep them both honestly um, 
but just uh, where my finances are still from after her MU visit. Unfortunately, I can't. Hey guys, we're just going to take a quick second away from my podcast and we're going to talk about a couple of different offerings that I have at Equus Corrido Equine Center this month. I don't have any official all-day clinics, but what I have restarted is my classes. So we restarted those in October with the obstacle class, and those were a huge success. I didn't have one night where they weren't completely full. That's a two-hour class. The next one we have coming up will be on Saturday, November 12th from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. I think I have one spot left in that class. And then the one after that will be a Thursday night on November 17th from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. That one, I believe I have three spots left in currently. So make sure you follow the link in the show notes to be able to uh, get some more information on those classes and text me to sign up. The other class that I'm offering is called Patterns and Polls, and it will be a one-hour class. It'll be a much smaller class size. So just because I'm doing one hour, don't let that dissuade you. We will be getting a lot of one-on-one attention in this class. I will take a maximum of five participants, whereas in my obstacle class, I take a maximum of 10. And this one's going to be held on Monday mornings from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. The first one starts this morning at 9, so this will be uh, November 7th. And then the following week will be on the 14th, again from 9 to 10. And then we will skip the week of Thanksgiving, and our next one will be on November 28th. So I wanted to let you know about that. Also, we have a photo shoot for my clients. Anyone who has participated in a Pioneer Horsemanship Clinic or lesson within the last year is eligible for this photo shoot. I have just a couple of these left as well. They're going to be little mini sessions. They will cost $20 per horse rider team. And then you'll be able to purchase your photos separately after the shoot. And they'll be priced very reasonably for you guys on that as well. So that one is going to be on November 13th. It's a Sunday. The time slots start at 9 a.m. And you'll get about a 45-minute, half-hour, 45-minute time slot. So if any of those sound interesting to you, make sure to check the show notes for details and my contact information to get a hold of me to sign up. Now back to the episode. So the other thing that I did over this period of time to help kind of build back my strength is I signed up for a run for St. Jude. And it wasn't like a run where everybody runs together. It was like a Facebook fundraiser deal where I needed to do 30 miles in 30 days. And I've been taking my husband's old retired police canine out for runs and he's loving it much more than I'm loving it, although I'm learning to love it more. I like how I feel after I run and I can tell the difference in my strength and my stamina. So Susan Tulloch and I actually had this conversation about my strength and my, you know, my balance and all this stuff. And we talked about how for women, we're not as strong as guys are just like right off the bat, all things equal, right? If you're comparing apples to apples, like men and women are not the same strength wise. So for us women, we actually need to be working on our strength and fitness more than a male rider would need to work on their strength and fitness, even to have the upper body strength to be able to hold the reins and let your horse kind of waller around and try to figure out 
where that contact is. And not that that should require a huge amount of upper body strength, but it does require some. Um, also, just coordination and um, abdominal muscles and pelvic floor muscles and, you know, all these different places that we tend to get weakened and um, any balance issues that might have come up. So all I can say is I would personally develop a relationship with a good physical therapist that can help you get unstuck if you have um, places that you're really stiff or you have places on you that are very weak. Physical therapy is amazing. It is not the same thing as going to the gym and hitting it hard every day. I've been, even on my running, I've only been running one mile every day. I am not dying of soreness the next day. I've never worked out this way before. And actually, if you are super sore after you've been working out, you probably overdid it and you're going to create more tightness. So you want to be careful that you are you're building that muscle and that stamina and that strength and that flexibility without overdoing it. And I think a lot of us get frustrated with ourselves and we're like, oh, we're going to go like work out and we're going to get back in shape. And it's so embarrassing that I've gotten so out of shape and everything. So then we go and do the equivalent of running 10 miles in one day, or if lifting weights is your thing or whatever it is. And and then we're not going to stick with it either, right? It's like you got to do little bits that can fit into your schedule. I have this little exercise band that I do my physical therapy things with, and it's so simple and it's so easy. It's very easy for me to do every other day. I notice if I do it every day, I get a little too sore. So I do it every other day. So I've got that um, component of rest. And then I'm doing my yoga, my Pilates, and um, I actually also have this video of mobility exercises where that really helped get my pelvis more mobile. I am one of the most stuck people in my pelvis that I know. I It's amazing that I can even ride a horse. And honestly, if I didn't ride a horse, I can't imagine how much stiffer I would be. Um, I mean, I can mount from the ground and everything, but if you put me on like a draft horse versus a quarter horse, my hips would be hurting so badly. And I just, that's just how I made, I see it with my dad, um, that he's not been able to figure out a way to keep his hip mobility. And as he's aged, it's really gotten to be a thing for him when he gets on a horse, like it hurts. So that's something that I'm very intentionally working on. And this lady, I'll, I don't have any affiliation with her, but her name is Karen Dimitrova, and I'll put a link to her stuff in the uh, podcast notes. But look up mobility exercises on YouTube. I'm sure you can find some free stuff. And to be frank with you, Karen's stuff is so hard that um, some of you may not be able to do it at all. I certainly couldn't do it at all when I started, and I had to kind of develop my um, own modifications to the exercises. I remember I had one day um, that I had my husband, Tim, do the mobility with me. I'm like, it's kind of like doing yoga, but it's really hard. And he was like, oh, yeah, I'm all about that. Like, Let's have a workout. Well, by really hard, I meant like you're going to be having to stand in very awkward positions and keep your balance. It almost feels like playing Twister 
by yourself on a yoga mat. But it's amazing how much it has opened up my hips and then my leg can fall in the way that needs to fall around my horse. And then my low back is better because my pelvis is better. And and it's just like it all kind of travels up my spine and everything gets better. So that's been pretty amazing working through that and going back and using her videos. So I've been, I mean, I would say I've been really hardcore about this, but that wouldn't really be the way to say it because I've been very gently trying to guide my body back into what I feel like is more normal. And I'm going to just keep at it and become stronger than my normal because I feel like I'm asking my horses to be very athletic and they deserve for me to be athletic too. And, you know, that's just a personal goal that I have made for myself. I'm not imposing this goal on anyone. I'm not trying to impose any guilt on anyone if you feel like you're not very athletic right now, um, but you want to be in the future or you're not very athletic right now and you don't care and you just want to walk down a trail and, you know, your balance and your strength isn't really a concern for you. You know, that's fine. Everybody's on their own walk and their own journey. But I will say that we could all benefit from a little bit more balance and strength with our horses, which also makes you feel more confident. I had about a week on this new medication where I felt terribly unconfident. And again, it gave me a lot of empathy for my clients because I'm realizing, gosh, this is how loose you guys feel in the tack. Um, where I just felt like I didn't know where I was. I didn't know where my body was in any space and time. And I felt like if that horse did one little tiny thing, I'd just be coming out of the tack and that would be that. And that's terrifying. That's not what you want. That's not how you want to be experiencing your horse. So there is a remedy for that though. Going to physical therapy, doing mobility exercises, doing yoga, doing a little bit of strength training. I mean, five, 10 minutes a day could change your life, guys, could change your riding life. It might not change how you look, but it might change how you feel in the saddle. And that's what's important to me. I don't care on this whole journey if I lose any weight. If I do, you know, great. If I don't, great. It really doesn't bother me either way. But if I don't notice any difference in my proprioception, that's a problem for me. That's where my major goal is at. And I'm happy to say I've, I'm back to about, I think, where I was before I started taking that medication. And uh, I'm excited to see where it goes from here. I'm excited to see. I've been riding some horses bareback. I've been starting to ride without stirrups again. Um, these are things that I absolutely would have been terrified to do a couple of weeks ago. I'm riding some of the younger horses again instead of having my assistant do it all. And I'm feeling really good about that. So, um, yeah, thank God for my assistant, by the way, during this time, because um, Shayla's been so helpful when I wasn't feeling up to being able to ride or if my balance was so bad, I didn't feel safe getting on a young horse. Um, I've been having I've been able to kind of give her a lesson on those training horses and have them worked how I would have done. But better than what I would have been able to do that day and absolutely much safe, much more safely than I would have been able to do that day. So hooray for that. That's been really good. As usual, I'm going to wrap this episode up with a quote. 
You don't have to be extreme, just consistent. We'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. If you are enjoying this podcast, please do me a huge favor and take a moment to leave a review. Leaving a review helps other like-minded horse people find my podcast and really helps me to grow my audience. I so appreciate each and every review you guys leave me. Also, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you get new updated content fresh from me every week. As always, you can also find free content on my website, pioneerhorsemanship.com. We'll see you soon. Thank you.